And welcome to another exciting edition of the Carolina Contractor Show. I am General Contractor Donnie Blanchard, and across from me uh, yeah. is world-famous DJ Eric Smith. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, Donnie. How are you, <laughs> sir? Well, if I didn't have to carry the show, I may have a little more free time, but, uh, you know, running late, and it happens to me, too. Yeah, a guy shows up five minutes late to the studio, and, and Donnie takes over all of a sudden. <laughs> but yes, this is the Carolina Contractor Show. You want to learn about the show? Well, Donnie's not the head of it. Well, actually, he is. We're just kidding right now. Go to thecarolinacontractor.com. You can get links to the Facebook page. We've also got questions you can ask Donnie. Ask the contractor, because as you heard when he opened up today's show, he's a general contractor. If you have a question about your house, which we will get to some of those questions today, but if you have a question about your house... Go to the website, and you can ask it right there. And, uh, man, we got so much stuff. It seems like we haven't been around in a while, Donnie. Yeah, today's a good one. Um, I've been getting bombarded with questions through the website about uh, what's going on with lumber prices and just uh, building materials in general. And so I thought, why not tailor a whole show around it? But when you were on social media, you know, I know everybody's vacation this time of the year. Uh, my family and I stick to a, a rule when we all go on vacation is that we don't post anything on social media about our trip while we're gone. And the reason being is that that tells everybody that you're gone for the week. And mm-hmm. uh, they say that that's a major no-no in terms of uh, theft prevention or someone burglary, things like that that can happen while you're away. So just to throw that tip out there, don't post while you're out. You can wait a week. You don't know who your friend's friends are on social media. So excellent, excellent advice. Everybody does it, too. It drives me bananas. When I get on there, I'm thinking, why? Why? Mm -hmm. What else you got there, Donnie? On social media, since we're on that topic, um, I started posting pictures of work that we have going on. We got so many requests, and I've always been very particular about keeping the show and my building business separate because we, you know, real clear about the show that we do this as a service and we want to provide information. It's not a sales pitch, but um, finally started posting some things and uh, did something pretty cool because I merged our radio show logo with my building business and just kind of rebranded everything. And mm-hmm. uh, the signs turned out great, and everybody has just given me a lot of positive feedback. But um, man, we got so much going on. Um, Recently brought on someone who is uh, very proficient in solar, so uh, SureTop Solar will be something that we discuss in the future. We're going to have him on a show in about three or four weeks, so I'm just to prep everybody, the information he brings to the table is just so abundant, and I had no idea about the government incentives and just how cheap solar is in the big picture, and when we talk about the paybacks and everything, just how much it makes sense. But you had a fun fact first. I always have these fun facts, and people tease me about being like an old man because I talk about the weather and, and backstories on everything. But anyway, old souls are okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, shiver me timbers. If you ever heard that uh, with a pirate phrase, uh, basically, you know, they're on, they're at sea for months at a time. And um, of course the timbers were what made the whole of the boat. And so if you can imagine being in a storm at sea, when a storm rocks the boat and it comes crashing down, basically when those timbers make contact with a really aggressive wave, um, it shook everybody in the boat up. And so that's where shiver, me timbers was born because the boat was their world at that yeah. point and so it was basically saying that rocked my world yeah but shiver me timbers was another way of saying it i always wondered why pirates always have an eye patch i'm thinking did, did everyone i think i have... know this okay go okay this is one they'd wear the eye patch because yep. if they were fighting they would be on top of the ship fighting and they might all of a sudden end up underneath in the dark and they yep. could flip the patch around and your eye would have already adjusted for the darkness yep. on the other side that's exactly right look I at mean, that yeah. you're gonna fool me but i was ready and you're a walking google machine but no uh, discussing these lumber prices before we get into what's going on behind the scenes i just want to say that uh lumber prices started to tank so basically in march they hit an all-time high which is about double where they are now but mm-hmm. um i really feel like the last part of this year is going to be a sweet spot to build so those 
price per thousand board feet that everybody wants to discuss. That's what's going on um, with the market trend. It hasn't necessarily made its way to the end user, which would be us. But right. um, the only thing I can think of is, heaven forbid, a major hurricane hit because things are really trending in a, a positive direction. Um, if interest rates stay low for the rest of this year and then lumber comes down, uh, the next, I'd say the last four months of the year will be a super sweet spot to get a mm. house out of the ground. Uh, the Federal Reserve already announced that there will be two interest rate hikes next year. That's correct. They haven't announced when, but they said in the beginning of the year would probably be the first. So this would be, a, like you said, some pretty exciting news because mm-hmm. uh, when COVID hit a year ago, year and a half ago, I looked at putting in a deck. Right. And prices, uh, I've, the example of mine, I'll just use the price point was about, uh, I can't remember, it was like 900 materials. Mm -hmm. And then this past spring, it was at 1,800 materials. Right. So we've still waited to put in our deck. Right. But you sent me a link about wood prices, and and then I sent one back that I found on the futures market of lumber, and I believe it was Home Depot. Mm -hmm. They'll buy their lumber in months in advance on a guaranteed price, and their price was down something like 40%. Yep. So we are hoping that that translates right. because that's good for everybody. Right. On the uh, price per thousand board feet, it hit over $1,600. And just to put that in perspective, uh, before the pre-pandemic price per board foot, per thousand board foot, was hovered anywhere between that three and $400 range. Mm. And that maintained since the 90s. So just to tell you that it hasn't really been a big swing in almost three decades, definitely skyrocketed. And then I guess in June, it got down below 1000 dollars per thousand board feet. And um, just to tell everybody how, how this matters is the average house, just to use plywood as an example, the average house has 300 sheets of 7 sixteenths OSB. All right. So we were paying as much as 30 to $40 more than what it was a little over a year ago. And so just per sheet, per sheet, and just, just that alone translates to around $10,000 mm. on the average size house. So um, you know, a lot of these, uh, that money's got to come from somewhere. And uh, unfortunately, if you run under contract with a builder and building during this time, you had to make a decision. You know, do I plow forward with a good interest rate or, you know, do I hold off, freeze the house? Maybe, right. you know, uh, do work out something with the bank where they extend your uh, life of your loan. But it has just been a mess. And I'm just so excited to bring that good news to the show that things are on their way down. Personally speaking, I have a house under construction right now. And the homeowner actually works for a trust company. And I think I've mentioned him on a few past shows that he's kind of given me some insider info uh, in terms of what's going on behind the scenes at the uh, trust manufacturer. And so he got a hint a few weeks ago that things were going to eventually start to tank. And so what just happened this week and last week uh, came to pass. And Mm -hmm. what we did is we put his foundation in. uh, So footings, foundation, surveyor were the only trades involved. And we're going to wait about four more weeks. So funny story is I didn't put my yard sign out there because everybody would say, what's up with that house Donnie's building? Nobody's working over there. And, you know, why is that? But the reason is (laughs) that we're going to wait about uh, four to six weeks. And I think he mentioned that it may change the uh, the trust package in terms of his floor system, uh, his roof system, and everything to the tune of about eight grand. So the other side of that is windows went up two thousand dollars, insulation's mm-hmm. up about two thousand dollars. So it's still going to kind of work out in the wash, but every little bit helps. And so we're putting that on hold for just a brief moment. Hey, real quick, what's a, a board foot? Right. Uh, so basically, a board foot is how they measure lumber in the United States and Canada. And we'll get into some of the Canadian stuff in a bit. But basically, one board foot is 144 cubic inches. So if you could imagine a 12 inch by 12 inch one by, so that's actually 
one inch thick, uh, one by is three quarter inches thick, and mm-hmm. uh, just a nominal measurement there. But um, it basically, the twelve times twelve equals one hundred forty-four. So gotcha. um, another way to look at that would be a two by six that would be twelve inches long would be one board foot. Gotcha. So um, uh, uh, basically, a sixteen foot two by four is about seven board feet. If that puts in perspective how they measure per thousand board feet. Okay. All right, so let's jump into the main thing here, Donnie, on the Carolina Contractor Show, and it's lumber prices. So what factors are responsible for the increased cost of lumber? Right. Um, so there's a lot of things, but I'll just start with the obvious, and then we'll we'll go a little deeper into the details. But uh, sawmills couldn't run at capacity when the pandemic kicked in, and then they put the safety protocols in place, started bringing people back, and they were half-staffed. So eventually, you know, the lumber production kicked back in. But what we're seeing now, or what started the price hike, is that they just couldn't produce the uh, the amount that they did pre-pandemic level. Another thing is home projects are mm-hmm. uh, at an all-time high. Everybody was stuck at home, and everybody was getting the money uh, from the government to do whatever they wanted. So most of those folks put that into uh, a project that would improve their quality of life while being stuck at the house for so mm-hmm. long. Because back then, we didn't know if this was going to be a two-year thing, a three-year thing. That's but right. thank God we're climbing out of that now. But um, commercially speaking, restaurants all worked on their outdoor seating. Um, so that that consumed a ton when you consider restaurants all over the country doing the same thing at the same time. But a really big part of it is that people are buying houses, man. They um, are. A staggering statistic and is that since July of last year, Americans have bought, I think the number is 79,000 new single-family homes every month. And to put that in perspective for everybody, that's up 50%. So uh, from the pre-pandemic average, that is, that means before COVID happened, people were buying around 40,000 houses a month. And um, the crazier Ooh. thing than that is that the pace of the purchases, it just keeps going up. So uh, uh, another fact on that is that the average price of a house, and this doesn't take in just North Carolina, this is nationwide, but people are paying an average of $358,000 for a house, which seems awful steep and in my it does mind, to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, where's that money come from? But when you incorporate houses in New York, California, places like that, I mean, uh, what we can spend $200,000 and get here, it's 800 to a million there. Exactly. So anybody who's a home builder right now is in a really good position. And it, the trend is that that seems to be maintaining. So uh, the experts are saying six to eight more years of this. And so um, the, the the only downside of that is that people are struggling to meet the surge in the demand. So basically, I could... I could find buyers for all the houses that I could stand to build right now, but uh, a house takes time. Yeah. You know, I mean, even a small house is three or four months to build a 1,200-square-foot house, and uh, you could potentially do it faster, but when you factor in what we just talked about in material availability and uh, just things that are on hold, uh, for instance, windows for the house that I just started, we went ahead and ordered those because uh, – a year ago, I could get a window package in about five or six weeks after I ordered those. Mm-hmm. And basically now it's 12 to 14 weeks. Wow. So builders are forced when they break ground to go ahead and uh, and get that. And uh, to get back on that house that I said is under construction, it won't be totally an empty job site. This is going to be one of the super houses we always, always mm-hmm. talk about. And so it's going to have a condition crawl space. Um, the waterproofing and things like that have to be done. It has to be all nice and backfilled on the inside before the framers start. Of course, you got to get your termite treatment per the inspections department. So uh, three or four major things will be happening in the course of us waiting for this lumber to come down. But yeah, I think the only thing that, that may have been able to prevent an overall inventory collapse is that a lot of these track builders are pre-selling homes that mm-hmm. haven't gotten started yet. So that's that's kind of skewing the numbers a little bit. But 
uh, all in all, it's really, really encouraging for the residential market. Um, the flip side of that is the commercial market is suffering. When we mentioned that people are uh, renovating their house because a lot of those people are working from home now. Right. And uh, the commercial real estate, I think, is really going to see a big-time decline in price. And so I don't know what people are going to do to fill those up. But, for instance, so many thousands of Bed Bath & Beyond shut down. Yes. So now they're talking about the Bed Bath & Beyonds, uh, the the places that they actually owned, they're going to turn them into distribution centers. So it'll be more you know, uh, electronic and it'll be robots pulling packages and things like that. But a lot of those small businesses at strip malls and stuff yeah. that went under, there is a lot of retail space and right. a lot of building space that if it's not used, yeah, what are you going to do, do, yeah. yeah. I mean, do with it? Yeah. What do you do with it? Someone like me, I mean, I, it, it, I could buy a spot like that, but I don't need that much square footage. Um, I'd occupy, you know, maybe the front corner of it or something yeah. like that. Um, something that we got on just now about working from home when we did the show on tax-deductible home improvements earlier in, in the year, uh, one thing that you and I talked about is that to deduct the work that you do on your house from your taxes, uh, it's kind of a grayer area now. So you actually have to own the business and be self-employed to get the renovation Correct. as a tax deduction. But I do feel like uh, the higher-ups that make the calls on this stuff will, will probably come around because realistically, that's not right if somebody's working from home and, and the millions that are working from home permanently now uh, I see that as being a reasonable deduction. For this sure. is the Carolina Contractor Show, and we are talking about lumber prices, and I want to jump back into that. Uh, you want details on what we're talking about, hit the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. But you mentioned earlier another reason to blame for high lumber prices mm-hmm. are those very, very polite Canadians. <laughs> and why is that, Donnie? Oh, man. Canada has a big part in this, and I don't know why uh, the masses aren't really talking about this, but um, in terms of who we import our lumber from, Canada is is and has been for a long time the largest exporter of lumber, you know, across the southern border here to us. But um, Canada's had some challenges. They've had a lot of climate related things that have happened. Uh, they had a, it's a good story if you want to look it up. But bark eating beetles, uh, mm-hmm. so that that was a big problem in a certain portion of Canada where they harvest a lot of lumber. Uh, wildfires are one of the things that keeps on diminishing the the lumber supply that they have. The current administration, they're pushing to double the tariff. So right now, the tariff sits around 9% on incoming Canadian lumber. They're pushing for 18%. Mm. And it makes zero sense right now when we need extra lumber to supplement uh, you know, the, the potential building boom that, that's happening for the next decade. Um, the flip side of that, or the Canadian folks are saying that this is basically just a tax on the American people by the American people. And that doesn't really make sense in my mind because they're just passing that tariff on to us. Right. And our side of it, uh, the U.S. lumber manufacturers say it's a good thing because it's necessary to level the playing field. And the reason they say that is that this encourages more domestic production. So they are encouraging more folks on this side of the border to start sawmills and crank out a lot of the materials that are needed now instead of just taking the easy route and pulling it from Canada. Trees didn't stop growing during COVID. <laughs> so did we have an actual lumber shortage that affected the price? I'm kind of torn on this one. Um, where we live, not so much because uh, a lot of the sawmills are located a little more centrally to the southeast than uh, the rest of the country. So on top of that, when you walk in a big box store, I mean, I never saw anything that said, wow, you know, they're running out of stuff. I saw more like, yeah. wow, these prices are insane. Mm-hmm. So um Uh, There are people behind the scenes that are lumber traders, and their job is to buy as low as possible and to sell as high as possible. So 
I think more than the shortage, it was just simple economics with supply and demand. And they saw that people are, you know, getting out of their situation right now. They're selling their house because they can get more for it than right. ever before. And they're moving into a new house and then they renovate that house. But anyway, point being, all these factors pushed and with these lumber traders and them being the middleman for the distributor, a lot of times the price on all this stuff is negotiated before the trees are ever mm-hmm. cut down. And yeah. so basically three months ago, they were paying sky high uh, numbers. And what we're seeing right now is the trickle down from that. So it's going to take a little bit of time for the lumber traders uh, to sell everything cheaper and then for that to make its way to us. What do we have coming up next for lumber prices? Speaking in terms of just right now, middle to late summer, um, mm-hmm. what's happening right now is the demand is, is slowing down ever so slightly. Um, being that I could sell all the houses that I could possibly build, that is true. But where it was three months ago, it, it, it's not like that. People are starting to book holidays and they're they're engaging in activities that they they couldn't that they were restricted uh, by the pandemic. So uh, instead of sp- instead of spending money on their home renovations and the DIY work, you know they're traveling, they're just vacationing and doing you know what happens every summer, but it's just like every summer on steroids right yeah, now yeah. because people just had to get out. So the higher building cost that was a, a big part of things starting to slow down and uh, and and getting that price per thousand board foot down. Um, availability for certain things uh, definitely weighed on on the market. I would say that, you know, while you could still get all the OSB you wanted at $45 a sheet or whatever it got up to, um, certain things like Advantech, which is the uh, engineered wood product that I use on all the floor systems, basically I had to call three different suppliers and I had to, this house that I just put on hold for a a few weeks, uh, we basically bought the whole floor system plywood and had it shipped out to the site, and it was just a rat race. And the uh, three suppliers that I work with primarily, uh, my main supplier said, hey, you know, um, this builder buys, you know, a million dollars from us every year, and you buy a half million, so we have to give him our wood instead of you. Sorry. And, I mean, I understand yeah. that. I get it. I get it. And um, But it's, it's just a lot of things with supply chain disruptions and things like that that are, that are happening. But I, I still think that per where we are right now, that things are going to stabilize in, in the very near future. And as long as you can get your work in before these interest rates skyrocket, I think that it's just going to be a, a really good time for the economy, really good time to build. And um, and and things are going to get back to normal, I'm pleased to say. This is the Carolina Contractor Show. I've been talking about timber prices and wood. You know if you go to your local big box store anywhere to buy stuff of why the prices have been sky high and we're starting to see them come down. Last thing, what was behind the the drastic drop in the board foot price recently, Donnie? The word is, well, it's not just one thing, but the word is that everybody from builders to buyers to suppliers said enough is enough. And everybody kind of just cut. We wouldn't know that on our end of it because we just put in an order via email. But uh, the folks that are dealing with these lumber traders basically put their foot down and that was part of it you know, the, a little bit of a decline in demand from the vacations that I just mentioned. But mm-hmm. um, in North America, there's basically five main sawmill companies. And there are a lot of other smaller ones, but there's five main sawmill companies that the majority of the lumber comes from. Uh, a lot of their higher ups noticed that things were about to decline and a lot of the, and to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But the executives were cashing out, man. Yeah. So their stock prices on these five sawmills just roundabout. Uh, have dropped about 10% in the last month. And the smart ones cashed out and still paid the capital gains tax and came out smelling like a rose by dumping it a month ago. And you know what? I'm just with you hoping this is a sign that come the last quarter of this year that we'll be able to see a significant drop in lumber prices and, and 
even if it's for something that you don't necessarily need, like I've said, a back deck, you just want to redo it. Right. Some people, it's because they need legitimate work done on their house, right. and they literally can't afford to do it because of lumber prices. We'll get this information up on the site, thecarolinacontractor.com. That's the same spot you can submit questions to Donnie, the general contractor, about your house. And let's j- jump into this while we've got the time, okay. Donnie. You sure. ready? Yep. Go. He's got a brand new 9-volt in his thinking cap. <laughs> Question number one sent to the Carolina contractor. We are weighing out the high cost of lumber versus low interest rates. What's your take on that? Well, this question came in two weeks ago before things started to drop. So I don't know exactly uh, what the right answer is, but per where we are right now, I'll I'll answer it that way. Okay. Um, It's all in relation to the size of the loan. And just to comment on a side note here, a lot of builders are taking advantage of this situation. Uh, If if you have a, say, $150,000 house you're building and the builder tells you that the extra cost is $36,000 and it's really 20, you know, it puts a homeowner in a bad spot because... They have to either say, well, show me that, and then uh, there's always some gray area when you have secret numbers or you're working off of a contract amount instead of a cost plus because that builder can tell you uh, he can inflate his profit and incorporate it into the increase, and unless you just see his budget, you would have no idea about that. So a lot of dishonesty is going on, and uh, unfortunately, homeowners over here thinking, well, gosh, what do I do? Do I I start all over? Um, Uh Do I take this guy to court? And so most people are just saying, Tack the twenty thousand onto the end of the loan and let's keep keep moving. But um, the easy math for what's going on with the lumber prices as it stands right now is, and it's still higher than it will be in say another two months. But right. starting to come down. Um, the easy math is about ten thousand dollars on every hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So okay. that that's kind of uh, I did a few calculations, pulled some numbers on some houses that I have, and um, also I kind of have an insider track because. I'm a general contractor, but my roofing business, I'm a subcontractor for several other builders. And just mm-hmm. to hear them talk, that seems to be a good number. Uh, well, talking to the folks that I deal with at the bank, basically uh, one interest rate point equates to about 20000 for every 100000 So wow. still a good time. That's why people are moving forward because the interest rate, you're still saving twenty grand on a hundred versus spending an extra ten on a hundred with the mm-hmm. lumber prices. So you're still in the good is the answer to, to go ahead with it now. All right, question number two is submitted to the Carolina contractor. We asked our builder some questions about the shingles he intended to use and if the installer would be certified by that manufacturer. Still hasn't given us a direct answer. Was that a valid question? Absolutely a valid question, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but if there's anything to know when you get a roof replacement, it is have a certified contractor. Uh, These manufacturers are billion-dollar companies, and they don't just endorse people who aren't legitimate. So us uh, being Master Elite with GAF, which GAF has certified contractors, and Master Elite is a second level. We'll get into that uh, next week on uh, on the the show that pertains to more roofing stuff, but... Mm -hmm. um, Yes. So the the big difference is uh, that someone who isn't a certified contractor basically puts that that shingle on and they put it on how they see fit, where a certified contractor will put that on per the manufacturer's instructions. And what that does is gives them an enhanced warranty. So Chuck in a truck, Tank Top Tommy, those Mm -hmm. guys, you know, they show up with their brother, cousin, they they slap the roof on and from the ground, it may look okay. But there's a lot going on underneath that roof in terms of things that will disqualify you from wind warranties and, and other things uh, just uh, that go against the manufacturer's instructions or recommendations. Mm-hmm. And the big difference is, say you've got a 30-year architectural shingle, Tank Top Tommy goes up there, he, he puts it on, and from that day forward, you have a 30-year prorated warranty. 
sweet deal that the manufacturers or manufacturer certified contractors give you is that that same exact shingle put on by a certified contractor is a 50-year warranty and it's non-prorated. So uh, that kicked in around 2010 and there's never been a stronger warranty than that in the roofing business. But uh, us, for instance, you know, we don't just put on uh, the GAF who sponsors the show. We're certified with several major manufacturers because mm-hmm. uh, they've vetted us, you know, from insurance to training and everything. And overall, just hiring a certified contractor and knowing that the installers are going to be trained and you're just getting a much more quality product. But we're not talking, you know, thousands of dollars. We're talking probably a few hundred dollars difference between a certified contractor and somebody not certified. To use GAF's warranties as an example, they have three tiers of warranty. So the System Plus is their first 50-year non-prorated Mm-hmm. Really good bang for the buck. Uh, what we've started, and I made this change at Sheertop Roofing, I guess, a few months ago. Everything we put on is what they call a silver pledge. So a silver pledge is the 50 years non-prorated, all the same, but it also has a 10-year workmanship warranty. So if I check out of here next year, that means that uh, you know the homeowner has a warranty with a $6 billion company, and GAF is responsible to send another certified contractor back out should they ever have a problem. Uh, the next step up would be the Golden Pledge, and it's all the same stuff, but it has a 25-year workmanship warranty, and it's just really strong. I um, want to give an example. I, I used to do work for a builder. It's probably the only contractor I've ever lost. And what he did is uh, he hired a, a smaller outfit to slap his shingles on, kind of like the story I just told you, and the guy does an okay job. But this guy, the builder, is out here selling million-dollar houses, and He's given the uneducated homeowner that he's building a house for uh-huh. a 30-year prorated shingle, and he's charging him a million dollars for that when he could pay another $600 on a big house and get a certified contractor and almost give him double the warranty. And one more question, Donnie. We want to build, but not now. Are we losing out if we don't sell our house now? Uh, the answer is yes. And so inventory is at an all-time low uh, in our country, so you can get more for your house than you ever will be able to. To reference Dave Ramsey's take on this, mm-hmm. he said, sell now, buy now. So if you were going to sell and then build a house, I can't answer that for what that looks like a year down the road. But housing is always going to go up in price. I don't think this is – I think the bubble was on the material prices and that burst. I don't think the housing market as a whole is a bubble. I think the prices are going to maintain. Excellent. And if you have a question for Donnie, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Click on the Ask the Contractor button. And until then, hope you have a great week. And thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show.